Before going on to listen to this episode, I must preface it with a trigger warning. In this episode that you are about to listen to, I will be mentioning eating disorders, calories, weight, relapse, and other mental health issues. This podcast is meant to be an educational podcast, introducing you to the world of living with an eating disorder. I want everyone to feel safe as they listen, so please proceed with caution. This will include genuine content only. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Reasons for Recovery. I hope you all are having a great day or a great week whenever you might be watching this or listening to this. Um, personally, <laughs> for me, um, hasn't been the greatest of weeks. Um, definitely not the best. Um, and if this tells you anything, I'm recording this on the same day that I'm uploading this. Um, so that should definitely tell you how busy my week has been, that I haven't been able to, like, record this until just now, right before I'm about to post it. Um, yeah, it, it's just been a very busy, very stressful week. Um, my, my eating disorder has not been too kind. And yeah, that's, that's all I'll really say about that. But I'm trying to look at the positive side of things. I'm ready to just get out an episode and, um, you know, produce some content for you guys. So, um, Speaking of that, uh, speaking of producing this podcast and everything, I wanted to give another quick reminder because I told you guys in the previous episodes that I would be talking about this a lot because it's coming up very close. Um, This is the next to last episode of Reasons for Recovery. If you're completely new here and you didn't know that and you haven't seen like other episodes, um, I'm about to end this podcast. I'm about to, um, you know let it come to a close, and I'm going to be starting some new projects to kind of end on a big note, Um, but I'm going to end this podcast um, in one more episode on November 6th. That will be the last episode of the Reasons for Recovery podcast, but after that break, I'm going to take like a a short break, or it's actually not really a short break. It's kind of a long break. Um, After I post that last episode, in two weeks on November 6th. I will be taking a pretty long break. Um, I'm going to be returning in January. I'm not really sure when just yet. It just depends on how scheduling is. I'll let you guys know for sure in the last episode. So this next one, I'll let you guys know like an absolute definite date in January, but I'm going to be taking a pretty long break. um, And that's because it's the end of the semester for me. Um, I'm getting married in December and, you know, honeymoon, Christmas, all of those big things are happening in between November 6th and the beginning of January. So I I need a pretty long break uh, to make sure that I can actually, you know, get stuff done before I think about the podcast. So going to be a pretty long break. Not really sure when I'll return in January, but it will be sometime in January. Um, And for those of you that haven't heard this yet, I'm just going to reiterate it all over again if this is your first time hearing it. Um, So I'm going to be ending Reasons for Recovery, like I said, um, one more episode after this one. And then when I return in January, I will have two mini-series that I will be producing to kind of uh, just go off of the podcast. And this mini-series will um, consist of, uh, the first one will be like, brief interviews with people that I had in my life through my recovery and just kind of getting their perspective on things. 
um, and what it was like, you know, having a friend or a family member that dealt with recovery. And then the second mini series will be just more like story time stuff, because uh, you guys do like my story times. Um, so I'm just going to do like little brief um, videos or podcast episodes on story times. Um, like during my recovery or like before my recovery, I'll have to like think of better details later, but, um, yeah. And those mini series will not be like full length episodes like this podcast is. It will just be uh, very brief, uh, supplemental content. Is that what it's called? Supplementary content? Something like that. Um, and they'll be like 10 to 15 minutes long at max. And um, there won't be a video version, actually, now that I think about it. I think I already said this. There's not going to be a video version like how I have a video version of the podcast. There's only going to be an audio version of these mini-series. And that will be found on Spotify, um, the Google Podcast, you know, wherever you find podcasts. I'm pretty sure I'm, like, everywhere but Apple Podcasts. Um, so, yeah, when this is over with... In January, I'll start the mini-series um, to end the podcast on a good note, so I'm not just, like, leaving abruptly, you know? Um, so, yeah, and I'm thinking that there'll be, like, five episodes per mini-series, and I'm still not 100% sure on the time of, like, how they'll be posted. I'm thinking it'll be weekly, or maybe bi-weekly, like I'm doing the podcast. I'm not sure. I'm leaning towards weekly, but we'll see. I don't know yet. Um, but, yeah. So, just a too long, didn't listen. Um, I'm ending the podcast November 6th and coming back in January, TBD, um, with two miniseries. So, there you guys go, if that was your first time ever hearing that. Um, but, you know, if you've been listening for a long time, you're probably like, oh my gosh, Chris, shut up. We've heard this so many times. Um, so, yeah, I apologize if that's you. Um, but anyway, yeah, that there's that. Um, let's go ahead and just, like, talk about the actual topic of this episode. I think it's going to be a fun one, kind of like last uh, last episodes was, uh, where I talked about, like, the different foods that I ate in recovery. Um, but I really wanted to discuss this in particular because I don't think I've ever really talked about one episode specifically about this. Um, and I'll get more into that in a second. But today's topic is going to be my biggest reasons for wanting to recover. Now, I know what you're thinking, like, isn't this entire podcast about that? Like, isn't every single episode about why you want to recover? Yes, but I don't think I've ever really discussed, like, my main reasons for recovery and choosing the path of recovery. You know, I've talked about different things per episode, but I don't think I've necessarily talked about my personal, like, top main reasons that I chose recovery. Um, so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Just, uh, I'm going to give you five of my biggest reasons for starting my recovery journey from my eating disorder. And these aren't in any particular order. Don't think like I'm going like best to worst, but, uh, I'm just, you know, this is what I came up with off the top of my head. What I can remember was my biggest reasons for choosing recovery. And um, this might spark some, you know, desire in you if you are thinking about recovery and you don't really know some great reasons why you should start. This might, you know, spark some ideas of why you should start recovery if that is you. You know, you haven't hit that point yet where you're like, I need to start recovering. Um, so, yeah, if any of this resonates with you, definitely let me know and I'll get more into that on the end of this episode. But, yeah, today's topic is going to be about 
my biggest and uh, main reasons why I chose recovery. So let's go ahead and get into that. So my very first reason, again, this is in no particular order, but my first reason I wanted to talk about for choosing recovery is to have a clear head or just a clear mindset in general. Um, we all know that having an eating disorder can like kind of give you brain fog. I talked about this a lot, um, especially in like the first few episodes that I did. Um, I always described myself like I was a zombie. I always like looking back on it, I remember just lousing around everywhere and just like not having like a clear head or like clear conscious thoughts. Like I remember just not focusing, stuff like that. Like I did not have a clear and concise mindset. I was very like dead in the brain, if that makes sense. Like I described myself as a zombie. I always was like a zombie when I was um, riddled with my eating disorder. And I, um, like I said, I talked about that a lot in the first few episodes. I described myself as like a walking, living zombie. Like I was there and I was conscious like I I could talk to people and interact with people but like internally I like there was nothing like it was just like what's the word lights on but no one's home like it was like that like I just could not think I could not process things um because an eating disorder does that to you and I have a whole entire video or not video a podcast about that because I don't think I was doing video at the time when I made this um but it talks about like how an eating disorder affects the chemical makeup of your brain and it's a very good episode if, you know, you're into all of that stuff, like neuroscience and all that, and how your brain works. It's a very, very good episode. I think you should take a listen uh, if you haven't. I think it's one of the season two episodes. I'm not really sure. Um, but it was from, like, a year ago, I think. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that's, the, like, the very uh, first thing that I could come up with for my recovery is, you know, I just wanted to have a better mindset. I wanted to be able to think like concise thoughts because um, I wasn't. I was doing terrible in school because um, I was in college at the time. I was doing really bad in school. Um, I wasn't thinking, wasn't paying attention. Um, and it wasn't that I was doing bad in every single course. Like there were some courses where I was doing great in because I was just a freshman. So like the classes were not super hard, but there were a couple of courses where I was like failing and I was doing terrible because I just could not process things. I couldn't think correctly because of my eating disorder. So this kind of ties along with like, I wanted to recover because I actually wanted to do good in school. Like in order to do good and get my degree and graduate, I had to have clear and concise thoughts. I needed to not have that brain fog that my eating disorder was giving me. So that was a, that was a big reason for my shift in my mindset to start recovery. Because I wanted to recover from my education. I wanted to recover so I could actually get a job one day and actually, you know, apply my major to my life and not, you know, just bomb out of it and forget about it, you know. Because um, there were a lot of times through my recovery where um, I did not want to continue college because I was like, I can't think properly. I can't do anything right. Like, I, my brain's just constantly fogged over. Um but then I remembered, like, if I recover, I can do good in school. I can get a job one day in my uh, major and what I have been, you know, studying for these past four years. And that was, like, a big, big 
shift in my mindset, like I said. It was just, you know, knowing that if I were to recover, I would do much better in school. I would graduate. I would get a great job in the future. Um, so, yeah, that that's like the first thing I could really come up with was, um, you know, to have a better um, – have a better and more clear head. What's the word I'm looking for? Brain fog. I've already used that. Yeah. Um, just to not have brain fog all the time. Because like I said, I was always constantly riddled with brain fog. I was like a zombie. I couldn't think properly. And then once I recovered, of course, you know, I can think much more clearly now. And um, I'm doing way better in school. And I'm on track to graduate on time, surprisingly. Um so yeah, that, that was uh, one of the five reasons, uh, one of the five main reasons of my recovery. Uh, number two is a very big one that I think lots of people can relate to. Um, I really chose recovery to have better relationships. And again, I've made, I think, one or two episodes on this, but I know for sure I've done one episode on this um, you know, an eating disorder can really ruin your relationships with people. It can really mess them up, like, terribly. It can cause you to lose friends. It can even cause you to, like, lose family members, like, family members that just don't want to deal with you because of what your eating disorder can cause. Um, and I, that happened to me, so I'm speaking from experience here. Um, but like I said, I talked about it in a previous episode uh, a while back that... I was not a friendly person with my eating disorder. An eating disorder can really make you self-centered. It can make you very standoffish and not want to interact with anybody. And it's really, really sad and depressing, to be honest. Um, but yeah, my eating disorder made me a, a terrible person. I was not myself when I was like deep into my eating disorder. And that really showed with my relationships, like, all across my relationships, my family, my friends, my, like, potential boyfriends that I had. I only had one boyfriend, or actually, no, two boyfriends <laughs> during my, um, like, right before I started recovery. Like, I had two boyfriends that it definitely showed that I was not great and friendly with them, and the same with my friends, and same with family. Um, an eating disorder does not make you very kind. It makes you, like I said, very selfish and very inconsiderate uh, sometimes, depending on who you're talking to. Um, so that's like a big reason why I recovered as well, was to repair those relationships, heal those relationships, and just become a better person overall um, for potential future relationships. Because, um, you know, as I entered college, I'm seeing new people left and right, and I don't want their first impression of me to be like, holy crap, she's really nasty, inconsiderate, rude, you know, all these bad, you know, things. So I mainly wanted to recover to repair those relationships that I already had and potential future relationships that I would make wherever it might be, college, outside of college, church, whatever. Um, so yeah, but I remember when I did, like, when I was, like, really deep into my eating disorder, I remember, like, this was a very big thing. Um, <laughs> I would always refuse to hang out with friends because I was always terrified, like, oh, they might go out to eat somewhere or we might be going somewhere where food is involved. And I, I've definitely talked about this before, but I would avoid so many different things with my friends because I was so terrified, like, food might be involved or I was terrified that it would interfere with my, um, 
like exercising routine. I was so scared that if I went out one night, I wasn't going to be able to go on a run. I wouldn't have enough time. And I'd always be like skipping things or uh, like trying to squeeze in certain things uh, to uh, revolve around my exercising because that's like what the main cause of my eating disorder really was, was that I was over-exercising so much and eating so little. And, you know, whenever you decline hanging out with a friend so many times, it's going to, you know, kind of catch up to them and it's going to make them think like, oh, maybe they don't want to hang out with me. So, you know, that, that really did hurt a lot of friendships that I was always like, turning down, hanging out with people, or going out with people, going to parties, like, birthday parties and stuff like that, um, and I mean, the times that I did go out and I did, you know, have fun with my friends, I still was kind of standoffish, kind of rude, selfish. If we went out to eat somewhere, I got barely anything or nothing at all. Like, I didn't really participate when I did actually go out with friends, And that definitely showed, you know, it caused a lot of my friendships to kind of dwindle out. I still don't really have those friends anymore. Some of them that were there during my eating disorder that kind of fizzled out because of my eating disorder, some of them never returned. And that's okay because I've made other friends along the way that, you know, have stuck with me and been real and true friends. So um, that's something that you really shouldn't worry about if, you know, people leave you and they don't return when you do start recovery, then they were not true friends in the first place. And I learned that a lot (laughs) in my recovery. You know, I lost a lot of people in my life and I was terrified that, you know, that was going to ruin everything, that I didn't have those friends anymore. But when I started my recovery and they didn't really come back, then that showed me they weren't my true friends. They weren't somebody that was going to be there for me through anything. So that was something I really had to learn a lot um, in my recovery. But you definitely are going to have those friends that stick with you through, you know, your eating disorder and through your recovery, which I was very lucky to have those people and I recovered for them. You know, I'm not only recovering for me, I recovered for all of my friends, all of my family, any potential future relationships of any sort, um, because I wanted everyone around me to be happy. I didn't want everyone around me to be miserable, you know, to have me in the room with them. I, I wanted to make sure not only I was happy, but everyone else around me was happy. And that was another big reason I recovered, so I could have better relationships with friends, family, whoever else, you know. So, that was number two. Um, number three on why I chose recovery, um, one of the main reasons, uh, was to enjoy the foods that I used to love. Now, the last episode that I posted about foods that I ate during my recovery, this kind of ties along with it. Um, but of course, you know, if you have an eating disorder, when you develop that eating disorder, um, you'd start to develop fears for the foods that you used to love. For example, I used to be known for just eating chicken fingers and that was it. Like, that was my thing. I loved fried chicken. I loved chicken nuggets, chicken fingers, like anything of that sort. If it was fried and chicken, I was going to eat it. And I was that picky kid growing up that only ate chicken fingers, like, wherever I went. Um, Went to a Mexican restaurant, I'd eat chicken fingers. Any sort of place where, like, chicken fingers was not the main course, I would still find a way to get chicken fingers. Um, Because I was just obsessed with them. That was like the only thing I ate. But as soon as I 
develop my eating disorder later on in life, I found that that was the very first fear that I had with food was chicken fingers. And that that's very, you know, shocking to think about, like, why could a food that you love so much become a food that you're so terrified of? But that's just literally what an eating disorder is. It makes you terrified of things that you love. Um, it's just how your brain works with that disorder. And I talked about this a lot in previous episodes, how your eating disorder can strip away things that you love, not even food, not just food, but your hobbies, different things in between, just everything that your eating disorder knows that you love, it's going to take the joy out of it to make you miserable. And that's just how it is. Um, so that's why, you know, when you love a food so much and then you develop an eating disorder, you become scared of that food because your eating disorder knows you hate it or knows you love it. So it's going to make you hate it. Um, so I, I really wanted to recover to enjoy those foods again because I didn't want to live my life terrified of food because what kind of life is that, you know? Um, but I, I found out like slower or f more into my eating disorder that I was starting to develop more fears of foods that I ate on like a daily basis and foods that I really, really liked. Um, you know, chicken, of course, being the first one. Uh, I found that bread or any sort of thing with bread um, in it was something I was terrified of, which that's like my thing too. I love bread or anything like to do with bread. Um, any sort of like desserts or candy or sweets. I have a sweet tooth. I love desserts. Like if you tell me that we're going to go get ice cream after dinner, I'm always going to have room for it. Like even if I have, <laughs> even if I'm like super full from dinner, I'm still going to make room for that ice cream because I love sweets of all sorts. And, um, my eating disorder just knew I loved that stuff and it made it a fear for me when I was um, developing that eating disorder. So I really just, like I said, I wanted to recover to enjoy those foods again because it's not going to be a fun life if you are constantly scared of all of the food you used to enjoy. It, it just doesn't make sense to live your life like that. You know, uh, in my disorder, there was um, many times where I found myself actually eating the food that I liked. Like I would find myself eating chicken, um, eating any sort of bread stuff, eating sweets, you know, all those different fear foods that I had because I definitely had a long list of them. Um, I would find myself like craving it so, so much because, you know, I was depriving myself of it. And when you deprive yourself of a food, you're going to crave it. That's just how your body works. Um, and I would, you know, eat that food because I was craving it and I would give in and eat the food and my eating disorder would be like, you got to punish yourself now because you just ate this. And then I would punish myself, which was the worst thing to do. And there's no good in punishing myself every single time I eat a food that I like. And, you know, your eating disorder is going to make you think, oh, you don't like that food. You know, it's bad for you. It's going to make you fat. It's going to make you like gain weight, it, all that stuff, you know, you know, the whole deal. Um, and it was just coming to a point where I found myself in my eating disorder, eating that food, like caving into the cravings, eating that food, and then instantly punishing myself or instantly having the mindset of I need to go do this in order to get rid of this out of my body. Um, go run a bunch of uh, miles, go exercise at the gym, whatever. Like I would find myself instantly thinking like when I ate a fear food, I would instantly be like, okay, how can I get rid of this? And that's not 
a fun life to live. Like I said, like every time you eat a food that is a fear, you shouldn't instantly want to be like, okay, I need to go work this off. I need to go do this. I need to go however you expel those calories. Like that, that shouldn't be the first thing we think of when we eat a food. And I was, I just found myself tired of having that mindset. I found myself tired of thinking that all the time, thinking that every time I ate something that my eating disorder just didn't agree with, that I had to punish myself. And that's not a fun life. That's not a great way to live your life. There's no good in punishing yourself just because you ate food. Like, there's no good in that. Just because you ate something that your eating disorder deemed bad, it does not mean you have to punish yourself because you are not your eating disorder. Your eating disorder doesn't define you. So why should you listen to it? That that was the thing that really helped me out a lot in recovery was, you know, your eating disorder is not who you are. Your eating disorder does not define you. It does not tell you what you can do in life. It's just something that you need to recover through. So why should I listen to what my eating disorder is telling me? Why should I listen to the things it is telling me? Why don't I just listen to myself and what my body actually wants? Um, And that, you know, that helped me out a lot. Uh, knowing that I need to listen to what I truly want rather than my eating disorder because my eating disorder is not what should be in control of me. It should be my body, my mind, my own personal thoughts, not my eating disorder telling me you need to go work this off because you ate something bad or you need to go do whatever in order to expel those calories. Um, But, you know, that kind of mindset just helped me realize I need to recover in order to be happy eating food again because I found myself every time I ate food instantly thinking I need to get rid of this somehow. I need to exercise this amount to burn this amount of calories and that just helped me out so much knowing that if I just recover and get through this journey with uh, you know repairing my relationship with food then I would be so much happier and have such a better mindset when it comes to food. Um, So that was number three. Uh, Yeah, number three of the five that I have. Um, And another thing I want to add on to that really quick, um, because I'm looking at my notes and I just remembered something. Um, When you eat a food that's like a fear, you got to keep in mind that literally nothing happens to you. Um, I know that that's a huge thing to get across. Like your eating disorder makes you think like you're instantly going to gain weight if you eat something that you are afraid of. But yes, you might be afraid of it, but you got to realize that it's nothing but just a food. It's literally just a food. It's not there to kill you. It's not there to harm you. You can eat it and nothing happens. It, I <laughs> I was shocked when I finally ate chicken fingers for the first time in like four years. And I was like, wow, nothing happened to me. And that really helped me out a lot when I finally got that into my head. Like nothing's going to happen if you eat a food that you fear. It's, it's just food. It's just the mindset you got to get across um, to help you change that fear into just food. Okay, so kind of tying along with number three, the fourth thing that I wanted to talk about, one of my main reasons for recovery, uh, was branching out and trying new things. That's another reason <clears throat> that I really wanted to recover was to branch out and to try new things, like I said. Um, recovery really taught me 
that my eating disorder kind of makes me sheltered. Um, I know, you know, you probably know, like, growing up in elementary school or middle school, you always had that one kid in your class that was kind of, like, reserved, quiet to himself or herself and didn't really do much. And, you know, people probably picked on them um, and said that they were sheltered. And that's, like, the kind of uh, same exact thing here. That That's uh, what an eating disorder just does to you. It kind of makes you reserved, quiet to yourself. It makes you sheltered. It makes you not want to branch out and do things. Um, so if you can think back to, like, that kid in your class in middle school, elementary school, whenever it could have been, that, you know, they didn't want to branch out, they didn't want to do anything, they just wanted to keep to themselves, and they didn't want to try anything new, this is, like, what an eating disorder does. It makes you want to stick to your same routine. It doesn't make you want to branch out. Uh, you can't really shift up your schedule any at all. Um, and it just makes you sheltered. <laughs> it's simple as that. Um, but because of recovery, I learned that I could branch out and there was nothing wrong with that. I could try new things and there was nothing wrong with that at all. Um, recovery really did help me break out of my shell. It helped me become, um, more friendly. You know, this ties in a lot with the, um, relationship thing. Um, because I was able to recover and, uh, get through recovery, um, it really, it really helped me out, um, with going out with friends again. Um, becoming available when people wanted me available, you know? Because um, a lot of times with my eating disorder, I found, like, people would ask me, like, hey, can you come and hang out with me at this time? And if that was a time where I wanted to go on a run or exercise or something, I would say, oh, no, I'm busy. But I wasn't really busy. Like, I was just excusing my busyness with exercising. Um, but, you know, because of recovery and because of learning that I can open up and, you know, branch out a little bit, I learned that I don't have to, you know, go to the gym instead of hanging out with my friends. I can go hang out with my friends and the gym can wait. Like, it's not that big of a deal if I skip a gym day. It's not going to kill me. It's not going to make me uh, gain weight. You know, it's completely fine. Um, so it really did help me out a lot. Um, you know, being able to switch up my schedule at the last minute, um, including things into my schedule that I didn't plan originally, that really helped me out a lot in recovery, or recovery helped me out a lot with that. Um, being able to break free of my strict schedules and putting in, you know, random things that might happen last minute. Um, and that, that definitely was something that recovery taught me. Um, and also, like I said, branching out and trying new things. That was another big reason for my recovery. Because um, I was, like I said, I was sheltered. I didn't do anything. I stuck to myself and what I knew I liked. I didn't branch out and try new things. If I never chose recovery, I would still be doing the same monotonous routine every single day. I would not have been able to branch out, do new things, like try new things I didn't even know that I liked. Um, there are many things that recovery taught me, um, like hobby-wise, that I didn't even know that I liked and that I could enjoy. Um, there's many groups and organizations that I joined um, that I didn't think that I would like because it would mess with my schedule and my eating disorder would tell me that it wasn't something I enjoyed. It wasn't part of my daily routine. Um, but I, cho I chose recovery to be able to unveil my true passions that my eating disorder was holding back. Um, 
or, you know, like I said, hobbies that I never knew I had in the first place. Um, there was a few things that I uh, did during my recovery that I branched out and I tried and I realized like, where has this been all my life? You know, my eating disorder has been holding me back from all of these these cool hobbies that I didn't even know that I could enjoy. Um, one big thing was uh, making puzzles. I became like a, addicted to making puzzles, like uh, putting puzzles together. That was one thing that my eating disorder didn't allow me to figure out that I liked it um, because you know it would mess with my schedule it would throw off my day if I were to like take some time out of my day to make a puzzle but I found with recovery that it was something that I really enjoyed and it was something that I you know was holding back all of these years with my eating disorder and it has become like one of my favorite things to do now making puzzles just sitting down relaxing making a puzzle um, and you know, for you, it could be literally anything else. Like your eating disorder might be holding you back on a true passion or a true hobby that you really, really enjoy. And that was another big reason why I chose recovery to enjoy some passions and some hobbies that I never even knew that I had. Okay. So my very last final, uh, main reason for my recovery and this is a pretty big one as well, of course, if it's the main reasons of my recovery. Um, but I recovered so I would never feel in pain. Now, I'm putting quotes over in pain because that can mean a lot of different things. Um, but by this, I really mean that I recovered to feel both mentally and physically happy. Um, because one goes with the other. You can't just physically recover. You also need to mentally recover. It, it just goes hand in hand with each other. Um, like I said, eating disorders give you both a mental and a physical pain that is not worth living your life through. Like you don't want to live the rest of your life with both a physical and a mental pain. And um, that's why I really recovered. Recovery really helped me out with uh, repairing that physical pain and that mental pain. Um, to go off of physical pain first, I talked about this in like the second episode of um, this podcast where I talked about the different symptoms of recovery, or not recovery, that's wrong, the different symptoms of an eating disorder, or at least the one that I had. Um, and all of those symptoms can cause you pain, like actual physical pain. There are some symptoms that nobody talks about with an eating disorder, like the underlying symptoms that everyone will experience, but nobody wants to talk about. Um, there were some of those symptoms that can cause you lots of physical pain. One of the biggest ones for me was um, walking. Like literally I had no like muscle mass or like fat in my legs to help me get around. So it was very, very painful to walk around for long distances and um, walk upstairs. Like, towards the very, very end of my recovery, right before I went to the hospital, it was, it was so hard to go on runs, of course. It was so hard to walk anywhere, and it was hard getting upstairs. I had to take the elevator, like, literally everywhere, literally from floor one to floor two. I couldn't walk up that many stairs, and um, it was, it was just very hard to live through. It was a very hard time in my life where I was just physically in pain all the time and I chose recovery to of course mitigate that and take that away because as soon as you 
like physically restore your body, you're not going to experience those symptoms anymore. I can go on a run now completely pain-free. I can walk upstairs completely pain-free, you know? And there's many other symptoms if you're curious and want to hear more about that. I have that as an episode. It's like the second episode I ever made, uh, if you want to hear more about that besides just this. But um, I really wanted to recover so I wouldn't have to go through that physical pain every single day. I had a very laborious job at the time when I was deep into my eating disorder and let me tell you it drained me. It drained me so 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 much because if you think about it like a person that normally you know eats and has lots of energy this might sort of drain them more so like mentally like it'll make them tired at the end of the day but think like for someone that was like me having this job I was mentally and very physically drained by the end of the day and I could not move the rest of the day. I could not go to class. I couldn't think properly. I couldn't move my legs properly. Um, cause this, just the littlest of things would drain me. Like standing up from sitting was so hard or squatting to get something off the ground was really, really difficult. Um, I would get super dizzy. I would get really nauseous and it was just so hard to do the most basic mundane tasks because of my eating disorder. And I knew that if I didn't want to experience that anymore, I had to recover. Like I had no choice. I was not going to live the rest of my life making, you know, every single like activity that I was doing very painful because I literally couldn't do anything but just sit in a chair without it being painful. Um, like, I think just, like, sitting down or, like, laying down was the only time I was never in pain. But when I was moving or doing any sort of activity, even the smallest of activity, I was in pain in some sort of way. And that's not a life worth living. It's not fun at all. I don't care what your eating disorder tells you. It's not worth it. It's not worth a life living for the rest of your life. Um, so that's uh, another reason why I recovered. And to go off of that, mental um, pain was a big thing in my um, eating disorder. My eating disorder would always give me terrible thoughts, terrible like ideas, just all of that bad stuff. And again, that's not a life worth living if your brain is constantly riddled with negative, sad, depressing thoughts all day. Like, that's not the way that you want to live. And I hated that my brain was always constantly full of, like, what am I going to do after this? What am I going to eat after this? When am I going to go run today? When am I going to go to the gym? Like, my brain would just be out of control, spiraling nonstop all day long because of my eating disorder. Um, and I didn't want that anymore. I didn't want to be constantly, like, thinking about food or the gym or, like, how am I going to do this or this or this because of my eating disorder. So, um, I really recovered for mental clarity as well um, because once you recover, you realize, like, you know, why am I thinking all of these thoughts? Why do I care what I eat for lunch? Why do I care when I go to the gym? Like, I'll get around to it when it gets there, you know? Um... So it really helped me a lot. Recovery did. Helped me drastically with my mental clarity. It cleared up those bad thoughts. It cleared up all those bad habits, those mindsets that I gave myself um, almost instantly. Actually, some of them were instantly, but some of them it did take a long time to 
you know, get through. Um, but like once you start recovery and you realize like, why am I thinking these things? Why is my brain telling me to do this? You know, you'll understand why recovery is so important. You'll understand like I need to push through this in order to get that mental clarity and to get those positive thoughts back into my head because um, it's not worth living your life when all you're thinking about is negativity and negative thoughts and when am I going to eat this? What am I going to eat uh, for dinner? What am I going to do for breakfast in the morning? Like that's not a fun life to live. That's not going to you know, that's not going to help you out in life in any sort of way if you're just thinking negatively all the time. Um, and so, like I said, the last uh, reason, you know, was for physical and mental uh, clarity. Helps me, um, it helped me, you know, not be in pain anymore mentally and physically. Because once I started recovery, most of all of those symptoms just faded away over time, the longer that I was in recovery. And um, it helped me mentally feel better and it helped me physically feel better. All right, so that is all I have for you guys today. I hope you um, enjoyed this episode. I hope that you resonated with it, if it gave you some new ideas as to why you should start recovery. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for you guys. Um, and these are, like I said, these are like the main reasons that I really wanted to start my recovery. But of course, this entire podcast in general is a bunch of different reasons as to why you should recover. Um, but yeah, if you like this episode, if you resonated with it in any sort of way, um, you can, you know, leave comments, questions, concerns, anything like that um, to me. You can come to my Instagram and DM me. My DMs are open. So that'll be in the description for you to use. And if you don't do Instagram, I also have email. So if you'd like to email me um, anything about the podcast, anything regarding this episode, or if you just need to talk about anything at all with your recovery or if you're struggling with recovery and just need someone to help you, give you that push or that motivation, I'm here to talk. So my Instagram and my um, email will be in the description for you to use. Um, but remember to keep in mind that I am not like a professional. I, I don't have like a, a degree in this. I don't, you know, I didn't go to school for this. I'm not a doctor. I'm none of that. I'm just a person that's experienced this and has gone through it and is just willing to help others. I'm an advocate, <laughs> if you could say that. Um, but I'm not like an actual healthcare professional. Um, so please keep that in mind um, that I cannot like really, really help you in um, recovery, like starting it. Um, so if you feel like you are ready to start your recovery and actually get to the steps that you need to make in order to have a successful recovery, um, there are some hotlines and some websites in the description for you to use. You can call those uh, call those numbers and you can uh, go to those websites. They give you some more information regarding your recovery and how you can start recovery and do it in the right way. Um, and those numbers will uh, let you talk to actual healthcare professionals, people that know what they're talking about and know what they're doing, and they will do anything in their willpower to help you and to help you feel better and um, go on a better journey in your life through recovery. Um, so if you feel like you are really, truly ready to start recovery, um, you know, call those numbers check out those websites, reach out to your local um, healthcare professional if you have one of those, and just talk to them about starting recovery. Like, of course, you can come talk to me uh, if you just need help, if you need a good push, but I cannot, like, physically help you 
start your recovery journey like a healthcare professional could. So please definitely reach out to someone that is experienced and in the field of that if you are ready to start recovery. Um, but yeah, that is all I have for you guys. Again, like I said at the beginning of this episode, remember Reasons for Recovery has one more episode um, that I'm going to go on a long break until January, and that will be announced in the last episode next uh, two weeks from now. But yeah, um, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you all have an amazing day and an amazing week, and please remember to stay safe and healthy.